Leadership File on Premier. This is the Leadership Farm, bringing you conversations with leaders and experts on leadership themes. I'm Andy Peck, your host, and whether you're listening live or one of the many thousands who listen via a podcast, it's great to have you along. The mission or task we all face is communicating the good news of Jesus in ways that can be understood by the hearers. What is often forgotten is that the classic communication challenges which are faced cross-culturally, where language and religion and culture are barriers are just the same for people within a nation when communicating to those who are in a different age band. You may well be aware that the UK church has not been doing so well in producing disciples of Jesus in what are called the Generation Y and Generation Z age groups. Uh, Generation Y being those aged 24 to 39 and Generation Z those aged 6 to 24, at least uh, today. So to help us face this challenge, I'm joined by uh, Nick and Marjorie Allen, who've spent the last uh, 25 years or so ministering in churches largely made of this age group, uh, and more recently in the Well Church in Sheffield. They've written a book which outlines the discipleship challenges faced and suggests some ways ahead. The book is called The XYZ of Discipleship, uh, colon, Understanding and Reaching Generations Y and Z. So uh, welcome, uh, Nick and Marjorie. Thank you for joining me. Good morning, Andy. It's great Hi, to be Andy. with you. Thank you. Fabulous. Well, your own journeys into Christian leadership, perhaps just briefly. Perhaps we start with you, Nick. Sure. Um, I, I was thinking this is a great question, and uh, I grew up in a in a church culture which would have prioritised discipleship uh, f- for me from an early age. So discipleship being kind of listening to to God, learning how to hear God, and then put it into action. Uh, doing what he says uh, and so uh, I grew up in a, in a church culture particularly when I became a young adult in this city in Sheffield where we live now uh, and people were uh, the church was saying listen you take responsibility take responsibility for your own Christian walk uh, which really becomes leadership uh, and and so I was always encouraged I was always empowered uh, you know you can hear God you can do what he says you can reach out you can become a missionary in your own local context um, and you can also move in the power and the and and the gifts of, of God and His Spirit. Uh, and nobody told me I was too young uh, or underqualified. They just kind of set me off and possibly took risks on me earlier than you know was was even sensible. But that's what grew a culture in me uh, of realizing that I can be a disciple of Jesus. And actually, it's my task to call others to be the same. I think when I look back on my journey, uh, it, it's absolutely one where people took big risks. When I look back, I was young when I started leading my peers. Uh, I was 21 when I was taking teams to other nations with youth with a mission. And I guess it's that permission giving and calling out the best in people that really creates a culture for discipleship. So as we consider our environments, we, we a big factor for us is are we taking enough risks on people and believing in people and and maybe they're not the finished product but are we calling them into the adventure of the kingdom and and for marjorie that was dublin was it where you grew up so dublin i became a christian at university in trinity college dublin for those of you who who know that beautiful university and i became part of a church plant there and because it was a small pioneering environment i had opportunities like that i became the student leader simply because i i was the first student Uh, and then with youth with a mission Uh, where very much the culture was to release young people into leadership. 
Oh, fabulous, fabulous stuff. So um, as we look at uh, uh, your book and the themes around the book, the X, Y, Z of discipleship, understanding and reaching generations Y and Z, um, we need to, of course, uh, to do some definitions. I, I, in my introduction, mentioned the, the rough kind of age bands. Um, and obviously generation, I think Y is also uh, the millennial generation. Is that correct? Yep. Um, yep so-called. <laughs> so, um, I mean, any church worth its uh, salt uh, mentions discipleship in its mission statement but there are a wide varieties of understandings of of what they're they're looking for so perhaps we'll we'll, we'll, we'll look at um a discipleship and it, what, what you're aiming for and then we'll we'll look a little at, at what that means for these two age bands um so so give us your kind of I'm going to say a short definition. Maybe it's not possible, but <laughs> your 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 kind of understanding of what what you're hoping for, which I think you've probably already hinted at in your introduction. Well, I uh, I think what we're trying to do is raise followers of Jesus who understand what it means to be family, what it means to be in Christ. So John five nineteen, I only do what I see the Father doing, and I think often uh, people approach discipleship in terms of information and programs and uh, training and classes, etc., missing the sense of the lifestyle is where the money's at. And so with discipleship, it's so important that we're calling people to imitate lives. There's something tangible uh, that they can uh, watch and have a go and be encouraged in the process. And so I think it's creating context in our lives, in our homes, in our churches, where people can come alongside us. And with that, there's the challenge of as you know as paul says imitate me as i imitate christ what are they imitating who are they imitating are we ourselves leading the kind of radical life that others would want to imitate and would want to follow but that's a, a key aspect for us as i look back on my life i think i journeyed from uh, learning about jesus uh, that was my first introduction to discipleship and then discovering actually this journey is way more i'm learning to be like jesus Jesus, and that there's a big difference in that. Your own discipleship influences, I'm sure, will have influenced how you you see that. And uh, some people listening will think, "Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm about," and others will think, "Hang on, that's not what we get at our church." So, um, you, you, I guess for Marjorie, that was Dublin, and and for Nick, that was that was in a church in, in Sheffield. Yep, that's right. Yeah, as a as a young adult, it was a surprise to me uh, as well. I came into a you know, as a, I came as a student to the city. And joined a church where um, people were passionate about about Jesus and about other people hearing about Jesus, which I'm sure I hope is common in in most of the churches in our country. Of course, um, I think the difference was uh, uh, there was a sense of of empowerment. People, um, the leaders around us, but uh, demonstrated to us that they believed in us, that we too could, um, like Marjorie said, we could be um, with Jesus. We could learn how to be with Jesus. We could become like Jesus in our character and we could learn to do the things that Jesus did uh, and and my own uh, I suppose my own experience is that that the the fuel for that for me comes from a, a growing intimacy with God so a, 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 if you're going to live like Jesus uh, the the best motivation for me has to be has been to discover that uh, the father there's a father in the heavens who really loves me and is and is deeply um, calling me to friendship with with him 
Uh, and so actually for me, uh, it begins in a sense of intimacy and connection with the Father uh, and, and the rest of the Trinity, uh, which, which led to a, a sense of accountability. You know, actually, if God is saying this, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to put it into action in your everyday life? Uh, and then a sense of authority. Okay, we're children of God. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit. So we can do the stuff. We can live in the everyday to make a difference for Jesus in, in our everyday lives. I really remember a story from my life, Andy, that when I first became a Christian, I'm really indebted to the, the students at the time. They taught me to be a Christian martyr, you need to read the Bible. We get up early to pray in the morning. But I also remember there was a distinct shift for me when I became part of Youth with a Mission. And really, they were modeling something quite different to me. They, they were... At, seeing that their lives were called to do the things that Jesus did in, in friendship with the Father. So they were going on adventures of giving money away, praying for blind eyes to open. I had never seen anything like it in my life. And I thought, these people are mad. They are trying to be Jesus to people. Um, but I realized that is actually the call of a disciple, and it was life-changing. Sure. Yeah, it's it's there in the Gospels, isn't it? But, but often is people kind of gloss over it or they don't quite quite read it and um and 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 sadly can live impoverished discipleship lives as a result because they don't aspire to that kind of stuff so so thank you for, for sharing that um i i i just do need to ask um nick uh obviously those those who read about discipleship will know of tom st thomas crook um in sheffield is is that the one of the churches that you were alluding to when you mentioned and mike brings work uh that's right. So I, as a student, I went to St. Thomas Crooks. Mm. Um, over the years, it morphed. It planted a second St. Thomas's into the city of Sheffield, St. Thomas's, Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, at one point, Marjorie and I were leaders there as well. Uh, and so that's been key to our discipleship. Yeah, and Mike, Mike Breen's kind of approach to things have, you know, for some people has been a, a real help and a blessing. That's right. Yeah, that's that, that's part of the fruit of, of, uh, of what we've enjoyed over the years. Absolutely. We'll get back to discipleship, I'm sure, as we go. But um, I, I mentioned the age groups, uh, Generation Y, uh, 24, uh, age 24 to 39, roughly now, um, the millennials and the generation. Uh, I use the word Z, but of course, I often hear it as Z because of American pronunciation. Yeah. So, and there are, uh, we do have a number of people who download the, 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 the podcast of this. So so it's if for the other side of the pond, it's Generation Z, of course, uh, six to 24. So what is your understanding of the reason of the distinctive nature of Y and Z uh, over, say, Generation X or Baby Boomers or whatever? Sure. And, and I am, a, I'm not sure about you, Andy, but I'm, I would be Generation X. Uh, Marjorie and I, we're, we're mid-40s now. Uh, we find ourselves in a, in a metropolitan uh, city of Sheffield. It's in the middle of England. There are two universities here. Uh, so there are young people up and down the streets all the time, which bring this fantastic sense of life to the city. Uh, but you also, I mean, I can't help noticing now um, that the, the young generations are different, um, those uh, generations that follow us. And that's natural. I mean, that's, that's happened throughout history, hasn't it? But I think at the moment... Um, we're in uh, particularly, there's a rapid pace of change in, in culture, in society, there's technological advancement. Stuff is moving so fast. Um, and, and even uh, the generations uh, who come uh, younger than, than, than me and Marjorie uh, are experiencing more stuff like technology, which has gone through the roof, um, global travel, um, access to education. All of these things have ramped up in, in the last 20, 25 years. 
And we're in this globalized society now where you can say something in North America and you can hear it in the middle of England or in China, you know, within a, a minute or two. So there's this rapid information flow going on all over the place. Uh, and so the generations are being are being shaped. They're being shaped by technology, by media and by uh, uh, the, the views of some very strong, there's a possibility now for very strong views to go very quickly around the world, even if they're not necessarily even true. Um, and, and so there's some of those things, uh, but, but you know, um, generations aren't shaped in isolation. Uh, we all interact with, you know, so as I talk about Generation Z, Generation Z, uh, the, the youngest guys, uh, uh, my children are in that generation. They're clearly, they're shaped by us, by, our, by their parents uh, and their influences and by the church. So some of the things that the church has done or not done over the last 25 years or so has shaped why the generations are like they are and why they respond to church in that way. And that is something that we need to think about carefully sometimes. Okay, Nick, maybe I could just, we could just uh, go to an ad break at this point and then we'll ca- kind of carry on. Thanks. So you're listening to Leach Far with me, Andy Peck, and I'm joined by Nick and Marjorie Allen, uh, who are reflecting on a book that they've written, The XYZ of Discipleship. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Nick and Marjorie Allen. Uh, They've spent the last 25 years or so ministering in churches largely made up of uh, the age groups, uh, Generation X and Y. Uh, They've written a book, The XYZ of Discipleship, Understanding and Reaching. Uh, generations y and z and so nick before the break was just starting to to talk a little bit about um how these kind of generations have developed and particularly why there's a slight difference between the the so-called uh, x which he's part of and then the the y and z which is what the book is is focusing on so so nick perhaps you could carry on or marjorie whoever's uh, going to do to speak at this point sure thing i mean um there's always going to be a difference between generations it's just it's natural isn't it um i think um one of the questions for us is is are we open to actually um are are we in generation x and and older people so kind of 40s 50s 60s 70s and so on are we genuinely open to hearing uh what those differences are and rather than just saying oh uh, you know, it's the youth of today, and kind of writing it off. Actually, there's always a kernel of of truth. There's always there's, there's always gold in why people think differently. So, for example, today um, uh, today's uh, people will be particularly keen on inclusion. Uh, you know, we talk to many young adults who wouldn't see any distinctions or wouldn't want to see distinctions in things like race or sexuality uh, and behaviour and so on. Um, we talk to people who are uh, very concerned with their mental health and with dealing with anxiety, uh, with people who who have a, a fluid approach to life, simply because um, that's that's what people are feeding them, as it were. That's that's the the contemporary culture encourages fluidity, so um, switching jobs very often or, or or switching life goals, but also fluid in in self expression. So people are are far less rigid today. The younger generations, they'll see a. a there's a lot of transition that's allowed uh, in in the way that people grow up and express themselves, even in the way that they express truth and and fact today. You know, we live in people are wearing our fake news, aren't they? Uh, and 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 if we come in with a rigid kind of well, that's just not the way we do it. That that's never going to help. Um, so we tend to try and be very open and actually engage in dialogue, listen carefully. Uh, and and um, millennials, uh, Generation Z will will watch. They want to see: Are you authentic? 
are you listening to me? Do you actually care about me? Or are you trying to, you know, put your own agenda onto me? And, and will you engage in dialogue and hear my side and, uh, and why I feel the way I do? And, and I think that's half the journey into understanding why, why different generations are different. And, and that's a, a challenge for those of us who really want to disciple and uh, teach the scriptures. I think where we have found it very helpful is to uh, present the narrative of scripture. So the, the younger generations of today are very drawn to story. So painting the big story, knowing the story of God, helping people locate themselves within the story ha has been a very helpful way for us to draw them into the scripture and allow them to find the truth of the scripture themselves listeners to the show may well well be drawn of course from uh, this age group of course but but typically christians and leadership tend to be like you said generation x and i'm just about generation x um, <laughs> as it happens so i think um a couple of years later than the typical start of generation x is where when i was uh, born but never, never mind um but you know and or, or they are baby boomers and obviously sometimes the you know the the, the big um the denominational heads are obviously in the baby boomer category of of things so how might a typical say 40 50 or 60 plus leader lead in a way that's going to fail to uh grasp the the needs of a of the you know if, if i can use the word average generation y or generation z i mean what are the, what are the what's what are going to be the grating points that might exist if if someone's trying to lead in in their na in natural fashion as a, a generation x or say that, that's a really good question andy i spend a lot of time reflecting on that uh, because uh, there's great danger for us uh, as the uk church at this time that we get this wrong and that they remain the missing generation of the, the church in that way i think what the question i'm always asking myself is is our culture one in which uh, uh, young people may be empowered may take risks Dream, be, have the ability to dream dreams and run with the causes and the vision that they are carrying. So Generation Z rising up now uh, under Generation Y are particularly cause driven. We'll see that in the movements, uh, the environment movement, the race movement that we've seen even this year. And so they're passionate about causes. And I think if there is not a place for them to run within their heart, with their cause and their heartbeat, as often they're hearing from God within in our church context that they won't be there and that's an important question for us so practically speaking i think where we have shifted a lot uh, we were raised um in our church context with a strong emphasis on vision so leaders set vision they call people to vision we used to as senior leaders have vision sundays where we would go out and paint a picture of the vision and call people to particular aspects of the vision and i think we operate quite differently now we put much more emphasis on culture uh, it's a, a playing field where we're inviting people to come and uh, dream a dream and come alongside them as they take initiatives for God there's a shift in that rather than calling the young people to serve our vision we're, we're looking to uh, create an environment within which they can run with vision I'd say another one, two things, Andy. I think, um, I mean, we, I'm sure we make these mistakes all the time, so we're speaking from experience. Yes. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I, I, can, I can remember coming um, down from, from preaching one Sunday morning, 
uh, and I'd spent a long time uh, preparing, researching the topic uh, and so on. I'd, I'd given it my all. I got down and a, a young adult in our congregation uh, kind of just said, eh, that was fine, but here's what I think, and proceeded to tell me uh, a load of ideas. Uh, and I thought, okay, <laughs> uh, hang on a minute. I didn't say any of this, thankfully, but in your head is thinking, but I spent a week preparing, you know, I've read the book, <laughs> yes. I'm the expert. But actually today, um, today's young adults, um, are, they don't, they don't recognize hierarchy in anything like the same way. Um, it's not, it's, we can't be talking down or kind of giving directive advice anymore saying this is how it is. You'll just get a massive why question coming back. Um, so it's much better to come alongside, to open it up to discussion, to debate, to to allow a shaping and actually to listen really carefully. Um, because, yeah, there's no point in appearing as an expert uh, anymore. It doesn't it doesn't it's not received as bounces off uh, people. But at the same time, we mustn't take offense at that. It's just a generational thing. Uh, and actually, you know, they're, they're, when when young adults ask questions, it's because they care. It's because they, they want to be bought in. Uh, and and, and there, it's, this is a feedback generation. In schools, they they're taught now today to you know to expect regular feedback, and so there's no good receiving um, the email from a young adult either, and just putting it in your to-do list for a week. Uh, we're talking about people who want instant <laughs> responses, and they and and it's a highly relational culture. So a lot of um, potential um, misshapes and and so on in in leadership of young adults can be avoided by actually simply engaging in dialogue and, and just talking and finding out what's going on in their heads and their hearts. Yes, I guess um, there's a sense in which, of course, the gospel and the Bible just, just is intended to shape and critique our culture. And, and therefore, just because we prefer something doesn't mean it's, quote, right. But of course, if you look at the, the life of Jesus and his teaching approach, there was, there was both direction if you like in a generation x style but there was also a lot of discussion a lot of questioning a lot of you know the, the, the parables themselves would would open up conversation and mystery in people's minds which which would be something that generation y and z would be um warming towards perhaps uh, absolutely. When we look through the Gospels, we see that Jesus asked, just like you've mentioned, Andy, far more questions than he gave answers. And sometimes I think those of us who are trying to disciple others, we forget that. And we're so keen to have everybody on the same page and have all the answers. One of the things we have learnt as we have uh, operated within our context, because many of the young people uh, becoming part of church are coming from completely unchurched backgrounds. And so lifestyle and views, it's messy. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily look like church as we've known over the years. And we have to trust as well that Holy Spirit is the best discipler. So it's with wisdom that we, we're listening all the time to the Father and drawing these young people to see the scripture for themselves, trusting that uh, ultimately discipleship is about transformation. We say that in our context, we're all being changed. Nobody stays the same. Uh, we absolutely believe in that. So that is what makes a discipleship culture. But sometimes it's knowing when we open our mouths and when we allow them to, to just take time and allow the Spirit of God to reveal truth to them. And, and that's a, a journey. That's relationship with God for us as we disciple others. 
Um, I think that the, the way in which we try to follow Jesus in that is, is the model of um, invitation. He drew people into relationship. And then just as you've suggested, he was not afraid to challenge people and to present truth. And, and there is a time and a place for that. But we have found that that is best done in the context of relationship, in the home, in the family. Um, uh, or, or you can just blow people out of the water. They just they won't they won't want to listen or be there. One of our favourite things to do, Andy, is to invite people over or to go for a dog walk with young adults or just something that's relational. You know, come and have, come and have a meal with us. It's a, bit, it's a bit difficult in lockdown, but we do what we can uh, because, uh, like Marjorie says, life really happens around the table. It, it, it happens on, on the coalface. Um, you don't really disciple people from the stage anymore. Uh, discipleship happens life on life in the everyday um, where people can see your life and they're looking to see are you authentic do you practice what you preach as it were you know can i see in your life what you say in your words does it ring true um the uh, the young adults today are have huge um antennae out to see is this authentic does this really work um because they haven't got time for um old platitudes anymore and with that, there's a freedom for us. We can be real. So we all have weaknesses. I think there's something about talking yeah. about those and not being afraid of failure that's hugely attractive. And that's very releasing for us as well. We can get it wrong and we can talk about that. In, in fact, you're almost um, cre- credited now if you have have got something wrong and acknowledged it. So I, we've had so much positive feedback from the times when we've told stories, say, in, in a church context of where things failed or you know where we messed it up and and god showed us and it and it because that is normal life isn't it Uh, and so it's that sense of you don't have to be polished anymore you don't have to have the perfect answers you just have to be a follower of jesus and that is attractive in itself you're listening to leadership file with me andy peck it's the first part of my conversation with nick and marjorie allen you can listen to the second part uh, next week Uh, in the meantime of course you can go back to the website and find archive versions of leadership file including this one in due course i look forward to your company again next sunday at four thanks for tuning in